All right, hello and welcome to another Lattice episode. I'm joined today by Caroline Ciavaldini, who is a well-known French climber. And today we're going to talk quite a lot about her experiences of being pregnant as a climber, postpartum, and then climbing with a young child. So to give you a bit of background on Cara, she's a super experienced climber, a long history of competition climbing in her early career, and then more of a shift to outdoor climbing and lots of traveling and adventure climbing. So Cara's no slouch. She's climbed up to 8C plus, E9, and lots of multi-pitch adventures as well. Her and her husband, James Pearson, travel and climb and have done so extensively since having a child as well. So we're going to talk quite a bit about that today. So before we go into the kind of nitty gritty of um, having children and being a climber, can you tell us a bit more about your climbing background before you decided to have children? Well, I think you've got it all right. Uh, you did your research very well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I could add. Uh, let's say I was not meant to be an adventure climber in the sense that I just grew up as a normal kid who was afraid of normal things. Uh, and I kind of really had a second life after my competition career <clears throat> uh, because I met James and um, none of what he made made sense. So I had to understand a bit. And I think having a child, I call it my third life as a climber because mm. it's completely different again. Okay, that's cool. And obviously a huge factor in how your life with a child is and how um, that whole experience is for you is the initial one of pregnancy. And obviously there'll be women watching or listening to this that will have had very, you know, variable pregnancy experiences. And, and we all know that um, there's no kind of one way through that. If only. <laughs> but I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about your experience of being pregnant. Like, were you super sick and tired or were you kind of okay or... Did you climb throughout your whole pregnancy? Right, that's a lot of questions. So, uh, <laughs> so no, I think I had a really easy pregnancy. If I, I mean, I'm not saying it's not five star. Let's have the best year of your life. You know, you know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I didn't get that sick in the first three months, which could happen, and I didn't. I just had much more snoozes. I don't know if that's happening for you. I just happened to sleep. I was sleeping like two hours at least every day in a day. Oh, napping in the day. Yeah, yeah I found. So I'm, for the record, anyone listening, I'm 20 weeks pregnant at the moment. And yeah, I found more in my first trimester. I had to nap in the day a lot. Now in my second trimester, so long as I get like a solid about 10 hours a night, I don't <laughs> okay. have to have a nap in the day. <laughs> so I just go to bed super early. <laughs> Just a grand my life, but apart from that, it's great. Yeah, but it's 2020, so there's nothing to yeah, do exactly. anyway, right? So I may true. as well get loads of sleep. <laughs> so yeah, to go back to, yeah, I had loads of naps, but um, I could be very active. Mm -hmm. um, I really found, loads of things felt really bad, like hiking, I just couldn't hike. But in general, I, I've always hated running, so I think it might have been like the best excuse in my life to not go on hikes. Mm-hmm. Um, but climbing was always 100% fine. So mm. I climbed until I was uh, eight months pregnant. And I think, yeah, until, until four months and a half, actually, I kept on leading. And mm. then it just didn't really feel right when I got four months and a half pregnant. And of course, if you go to your, do your doctor, a gynecologist, mm. <clears throat> and ask, 
I think 99% of the time, the answer is stop climbing when you're pregnant. But I think people have seen um, Alex Arnold, you know? Mm. They think this is what we're doing. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe don't die when you're pregnant. <laughs> so, yeah. Apart from, so I decided from the very beginning to just completely ignore my doctor's advice mm. because they, they just don't, there is not much information. Um, and I had really a good um, extra bit of information from uh, one of uh, a really good friend of, of mine who is a midwife mm-hmm. and an ex- extremely good climber. She's a 80 plus climber. So mm. clearly she understands a lot about the female bodies. <clears throat> and she told me from the very beginning, just listen to your body. Mm. Like, how does it feel? What does it feel right? And just listen to yourself. And I think she was super right in the sense that, I mean, I'm not saying... If you don't feel confident, maybe you should listen to what people say. But mm. if you feel like you you understand the, the sensations going through your body, and usually that's the case when you're an athlete, mm. then you can just trust yourself. Yeah. It's, it's just a normal process, just like a lot of other processes. And it gives you something to anchor in on as well, because I think, like you said, there's not much information out there. And when you do get information, it's quite vague. I feel like there's this old traditional, like, you should just rest and, like, don't pick up anything heavy. You know, like, don't get people to carry your bags kind of mentality. And then there's the, so long, do what you've always done. Like, if you were doing it before, carry on. But for some things, that's not appropriate either. So I think trusting your body is probably the best way to go. I've been the same as you. I'm about five months now, and I, I am still... It's winter in England, so it's more a bit like indoor lead climbing a little bit, but only on things like the warm-ups, you mm-hmm. know, just so I feel a little bit normal. I lead some yeah. warm-ups, but I haven't fallen off Ex- for the last, you know, two months or something. And as soon as I start trying anything harder, I'm on a top rope. Um, yeah, if it doesn't feel right, just don't do it. If, feels, mm. if she feels right, do it, period, I think. Yeah. It's, and I... In terms of like less climbing-centric stuff, uh, I was researching. In France, everybody says um, no, no sushi because apparently uh, raw fish is super dangerous. In Japan, everybody says sushi is very good for pregnant women. Mm. And in the UK, everybody says no cheese for pregnant women because cheese are so dangerous. In France, mm. nobody cares about the cheese. Oh, really? That's interesting. <laughs> so, exactly. Like, so I basically decided I'm going to take whatever's best from each country in Finland <laughs> The women, the pregnant women do sauna, no problem, until oh, until okay. they give birth. In France, again, this is like, oh, no, you shouldn't do that. So yeah, wow. clearly, if a whole country was doing that, <laughs> it can't be that bad. It's really interesting, that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. super interesting. I hadn't thought really about Yeah, if about there's something that. you feel frustrated, find a country where you can do it and <laughs> just accept it. And you don't have to go there for that to be okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Of course not. Cool. And um, did you have much kind of pain or anything, like physical pain when you were because um, I know for a lot of women I'm not quite there yet so I guess I'll find out but towards the end there can be quite a lot of back pain and, and things like that that can limit activity so I I think again two things I had a really active pregnancy just because I'm a, I mean I was still a pain in the ass but mm. because that's my nature <laughs> but uh, I had to be really active to be okay with the people around me mm-hmm. uh, and so I think I didn't lose my back muscles as much as some people usually do. Mm. So it was, it was okay. I think nowadays people really recommend, if you can, and it feels right, a really active pregnancy because you will recover much faster. Mm. So, no, I, I mean, maybe I'm forgetting. I'm not saying it was all rose or anything. Eh? Sure. I'm just trying to think the... I definitely had a lot of troubles with digesting. Mm. So I had to uh, 
always I was saying um, I have to go spread my belly <laughs> I had to after, every time after I ate I had to go lie down oh really okay wow yeah, yeah. so it was a bit a bit annoying obviously but mm. if it's your first first child you've got the time right so uh, <laughs> you can just go on your own agenda can you imagine with another kid it's another game yeah different I've definitely found recently actually only in the last couple of weeks or two to three weeks I have had to switch to having smaller meals because yeah. if I eat the same size exactly. meals that that I still have the appetite for, that's the frustrating thing. I'm still hungry enough for the big for like a normal sized meal, right? But then I have a stomach ache for like two hours. Yeah. So I have to eat like yeah, maybe five that, times actually. a day, but smaller things. Which is great on one side. Which is also great because <laughs> you're never that far away from your next snack. But still, sometimes you know when everyone else has this big normal plate of food, and you're like, mm, I'm hungry too, but I don't want to feel. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, nasty. I definitely want I, I have forgotten actually, but yeah, this definitely mm. happened. I think that's really normal. I mean, it's just there's no more space for the stomach. Yeah, and progesterone, like I think some of the hormones that go up in pregnancy, like progesterone, actually slow down your digestive tract. So a lot of women suffer with like flatulence and constipation and all the other wonderful things that you get with pregnancy. Yeah, I'm, I'm skipping, like nothing wrong happened to me on this stuff, but <laughs> it's just a bit too private. <laughs> we don't have to go everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And so when we move into talking about postpartum period, obviously like birthing experience has a lot to do that to do with how you recover postpartum. Did you have a positive birth experience? And Nope. No, okay. <laughs> I did not. I didn't find well, I'm sorry because you're heading there. And so <laughs> everybody has to tell you you're gonna be fine. I just found it was really like the hardest thing I've ever done in my mm. life. And I yeah, I've done some toughish things and yeah. scary ish things, but I thought it's yeah, even if it's twenty first century it 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 looks really scary. You just think there's a chance your baby will come out with some issues because the birth was too long. Mine was uh, 32 hours and mm. that's really quite standard, like really long birth if you're active. Because, uh, so I did, um, it's called, I think it's French. I don't even find it in the UK at all. It's called aptonomia. Okay. Um, it's a midwife actually who had a special um, method. Uh, I mean, it's everywhere in France. And basically you speak with the baby and you definitely... You invite the baby to come to the world. It's kind okay. of a, a, a bad idea. A little hippie. But I mean, it's supposed to make your birth experience much nicer. Mm -hmm. So it, I think the main bad thing is to to teach you to mentally relax your muscles mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and also prepare the baby. I, I really strongly... Okay, this is, again, this is up in the air, but... Um, in Japan, I'm talking a lot about Japan because I went to Japan when I was pregnant. Um, they t they have a word for education in the belly. Mm -hmm. Is uh, they um, they say that the baby learns a lot of things when he, he is in inside you. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really felt like this was really happening. Mm. Um, so I had a lot of conversation, not just me. James had a lot of conversation with uh, Arthur mm. um, just to explain him what was going to happen day on mm. day off and. And it, yeah, it just felt like we could explain him what the birth would be like. Okay. And not necessarily with words, but with emotions or, mm. yeah. So maybe maybe this is just too far-fetched for loads of people. But um, yeah, it didn't work so well with <laughs> birth anyway. <laughs> so I, I just found it really difficult. And, uh, and nowadays, uh, yeah, this is 
for me, this is the hardest moment, for mm. sure. Because it lasted a really long time, and uh, it's painful, and it's scary. Mm. And, and it's really not great for the dad, either, because mm. he's pretty helpless. I can imagine, yeah. You'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, but it's great. 21st century, you have much better chances nowadays. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's really interesting to talk to someone who's so open about it because, again, it's like with pregnancy, you get these really mixed messages of the old-fashioned view being like it's scary and dangerous and hard and painful and all these anxiety-building things that we're not supposed to think about now <laughs> in the run-up to labour. But then you also... I've, I also find that sometimes this, oh, you're going to be fine. It's totally natural. It's all going to be fine. Also kind of under underprepares yeah, us yeah, as no, well. I, no, I think this is a reality. A lot of women come and think they will have the, um, uh, I don't know what it's called in English. Oh, like injection. a cesarean or oh, no, no, like the, an epidural. The epidural and they won't feel a thing. And that even, I mean, I, I chose not to have an epidural. Maybe it's a dumb choice. That was my choice. And but apparently, even with an epidural, it is still really painful. Mm. Um, and but yeah, people don't really talk about it. And and also, it could be hundred percent fine. Like uh, we had like a it's like a birth book in the maternity because mm -hmm. uh, we stayed there for like five days. Mm -hmm. It was a uh, New Year. We had New Year in the maternity. Great, nice. Twenty eighth of December. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and actually, I could read because they made me write in my experience in the birth book mm. where you're supposed to say it was wonderful. Except I wrote, I found it really, really difficult. And mm. I mean, I had a really good uh, health team around me and they were great. But I just found this was the worst experience of my life. And mm -hmm. I was reading other, other mom's experience. And this is like most important day of my life. And I'm like, what? Mm. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, I guess it can be. Very different. Yeah, it can be. And I, I certainly know people that have been really quite frightened of labor and then have had really, what, in using their words, euphoric experiences. So it's, I think it can be really variable. And probably there's loads of different factors that play into, into the experience that you have. Yeah. But if you want a positive feedback, you have to talk to Emma Flaherty. I have already. <laughs> She's primed me really well. <laughs> yeah, she's very technical. There are a lot of ways to technically prepare you. Um, mm. I don't know. I think this is very private. <laughs> well, she did, and uh, a lot of people now in the UK, it seems to be quite popular to do hypnobirthing. Is that something that you did at all? Uh, no. no, I did uh, no because I did you this, did this other, other method, which yeah. should have helped. Maybe it did. Maybe it would have been worse. I don't know. <laughs> okay but yeah Emma had a really long birth again mm. um, and maybe she doesn't want me to go into much detail but but she found it a really positive experience yeah so yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't know okay and it was a home birth as well yeah home birth so, as well yeah. yeah which I would never dare to go there but it's really quite common in the UK. Yeah, more and more common. Yeah, mm. I've had quite a few family members have home births mm. and with, with really positive experiences and friends. Yeah. I guess different systems are set up in different ways and we're all primed in different ways as well. Um, and I feel like hypnobirthing, again, I'm talking without having had the experience, um, but it's quite popular and seems to be quite a positive um, mm -hmm. trend, at least from, from an outsider, someone who hasn't done it perspective. It, it seems like a... A good thing. Wow, I will definitely try something different if I decide to have another kid. <laughs> I'm, open my, I'm open to any suggestions. <laughs> so if we maybe we can talk a bit about your postpartum experience as well then. So when Arthur was born, 
Obviously, postpartum is just from then onwards. You now have a two-year-old, so it's the last couple of years, but maybe we can start with that initial period of time. And obviously, thinking about you as a person and an, an individual outside of climbing, but also as a climber and an athlete, like you've already gone through that mental shift of being pregnant and that affecting your relationship with climbing because although you were still climbing that will have shifted you know yeah, yeah, you use sure. your body differently and then when Arthur arrived how was that for you so I'm trying to put my uh, thoughts in order I think I think so I it's it's I'm talking about me but James and I we've been really on the same boat with that sure. um not necessarily because it was originally planning to have things happen like that, but because I didn't really give him a choice. <laughs> I think I'm I'm quite a feminist, and mm -hmm. uh, I think a baby is a two people choice, and um, and so <laughs> you take the good and you take the bad together. So it changed my life as a climber, and it definitely changed James' life as a mm. climber, and I think. Um, overall, it's been extremely positive. Uh, a lot of that is because we were two on that boat. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying you can't do that alone, because it happens. Sometimes you have to go through a baby, baby's birth alone. Uh, I had James, and I, I, I use, not even pasta, I, I use him a, a lot, and I think it makes him a great dad as well. Mm. Um, so in terms of... Um, uh, yeah, I had a lot of vision on what kind of climber I would become. And I, I had it in my head, I'm not going to change at all. Mm -hmm. um, I, I even... So, yeah, um, we are, we are do, doing a movie, actually, at the minute about it. It's, oh, it's cool. been two years in the making mm -hmm. because uh, with uh, Chris Prescott from Dark Sky Media mm -hmm. and, and The North Face. Uh, we started when I was pregnant and I remember interviews where I was like... Yeah, I will climb AT again. No problem. This is, I'm a, this is the kind of climber I am. I'm stubborn. I'll get back there. And I just got back now. Mm -hmm. I just did my first AT. But yeah. Arthur's two years old and I didn't think it was going to take that long. And I definitely didn't think it was going to be that difficult. So um, I think it, it was difficult because the first thing is when you have a baby, I think it's just normal um, maternal, maternal instinct you have this um, tendency to let yourself disappear behind your baby okay. I don't think it happens to everybody mm -hmm. it just uh, it was really a temptation because so you got this new baby who really takes physically all of your time and I'm not going to go very far in that because it's just normal parenthood and mm -hmm. I'm sure there are a million podcasts about what, what it is to be a, the parent of a newborn um, there is no physical space, uh, time for, for being a climber mm. and your body is really not ready to climb at all. Um, so you have this temptation to just let yourself be only answering your kid's need because mm. it's, I think it's just very natural. And I, I can totally understand why a lot of moms have this temptation to, um, like take several years away from work because mm. it's. It seems supernatural and really easy. I didn't do that for first. The first reason is that I um, had a really, I was really lucky. My sponsors were super understanding. So mm. when I told them I was pregnant, uh, for example, the North Face renewed my contract after I told them I was pregnant. Mm. So 
I couldn't really tell them, right, I'm for the three-year contract and now I'm just going to spend three years doing nothing. Mm. I didn't really, uh, I, I couldn't face myself doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I had several motivations to come back as a climber, like mm. personal motivation and then professional motivation. Um, but yeah, it could, I, in another different life, I could have done otherwise and mm. I would have never thought I would be that kind of person. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm more patient now, but I would say one of my main characters is I'm, I'm not very patient. Mm. Um, and so, and, and climbing is really important in my life. So to be like, I'm not saying I would have stopped climbing, but I would have stopped projecting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I don't know. How do you, how is it in your head at the minute? Uh, it's, it's tricky because I feel like at this stage, you know, I'm kind of mid-pregnancy, I guess. It's really hard to predict. So I kind of, I feel like I don't really know. I also haven't been in my best shape for a while because um, it took me, you know, another story, but it took me a bit to kind of restore well, I, my periods. And I know, things. I know this other story. I've been following it. Mm. Uh, I mean, this is not the subject, but um, you, you wrote a text about uh, Redis mm. and uh, I thought it was so interesting. I had it translated for French people. Oh, amazing. So I didn't. Tell you, I think I've been exactly in the same stage as you, like long time ago. Okay. I, and I don't think it's. I mean, just like you said, I think if you look at the and not just the girl, the guys mm. of the competition scene, I think eighty percent, at the very least, mm. are in that situation. Nobody talks about it because I mean, nobody knows. Yeah. When I read your paper, it was the very first time. I was like, right, these are the right words on all the things that I already know. Mm. So I think uh, this deserves more attention. But I mean, that's, oh, thank you. <laughs> no, but I think I mean, it's a super important subject in climbing mm. because it's a direct problem for mm. future moms. Yeah. And it's absolutely. a problem for future dads as well, I think, in certain cases. Yeah, certainly. And I think in the context of being pregnant now, for me, it took me a while to get to this point, even though it didn't actually um, take us like a super long time to get pregnant. It took me quite a long time to get my menstruation back. So, and that came hand in hand with a drop of performance because I had to gain some weight and and change a lot of my habits. So I think I haven't gone from being like super strong at the top of my game to suddenly pregnant to then expecting to go back to super strong at the top of my game. And in a way, maybe that's done me some favors psychologically because I feel like it's, yeah, I'm not as attached to it as I was. Um, I'm not saying you should be um, expecting yourself to perform at a great level. I think, um, mm. yeah, okay, I really want to, this is a mistake that I, I, I know, I just said it. Mm. I had a grade in my mind, but it wasn't really that. It was more about like pushing myself. Yeah. Grades are meaningless. Mm. I mean, I can, we can spend six years uh, having conversations about grades <laughs> yeah. and they will still be meaningless. Mm. So I think it's really just about, yeah, um, like creating that mental space uh, in your head and where this is just your climbing. So mm. it's a space for your, you. I yeah. think this is why I think it's important. Yeah. And that, that is something that I would really like to keep hold of. And But I again, I don't know how naive I'm being going into this, expecting that. And I think, like you said with James, like a huge part of the process with being an athlete and a mum is your partner and the dynamic there. And I think it sounds like you've got a really good thing going there in terms of shared role and responsibility and support because you do essentially need your partner yeah. to step up a bit more. Yeah. And um, because you've got 
you've both got the sleep deprivation, you've both got the child to look after, but you've also got the physical recovery. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I will get into that for sure. Um, yeah, mm. <laughs> you have no idea actually. <laughs> <laughs> so how was your physical recovery? So, right, so I think you're right, you have to be two in that boat because you're rowing and the current is completely against you. And mm. um, so you're, you're this young mom, your belly's floppy, you're already disgusted with yourself physically because mm. well, after birth you're not at the, at the very best <laughs> sure so, sure i i personally i think i actually struggle with like sense of my own self because i mean we are athletes we are attached to our body images a little bit mm. you want to be fit i don't care about having yeah um big boobs was actually a really not positive side for me what i wanted was a yeah, I just feel like I was in a in a good physical shape, and I've always been able to see my abdominals, and mm. I, obviously they're not even there anymore, so I can't see them. Mm. Um, so you, yeah, you you're this exhausted person uh, with like the worst ever shape of your life because mm. this is. I think we have to compare pregnancy and birth to like a really severe injury because yeah. it's not any easier than that. Mm. You're. So for, for the people who don't, I shouldn't, the, for the people who don't know, your abdominal just have to separate sideways mm -hmm. so to give space for the belly to grow. And uh, you have all these hormones that completely change the um, reactions of your tendons. Mm. Um, so your, your body is completely unresponsive, basically, and you haven't been able to train for a long time. You've got this extra weight. You're totally lacking sleep and time. Mm. And you're suddenly you're asking your body to recover and not only yeah you, you're not going back from zero you're coming from a negative point because mm. like I realized after after baby when when I was so one month and a half after baby the midwife had given me a lot of exercises mm -hmm. and I was really trying to follow them just to because even before working on your abdominals you have to work on your um pelvic muscles mm -hmm. yeah uh, otherwise it could be a recipe for disaster mm -hmm. um so once i had a green light to start climbing i i started climbing and and i was just terribly terribly bad mm. despite having had an active pregnancy mm. and uh i realized soon that it was two things um it was my my abdos were gone and i had never had no core in my life because mm. I started climbing when I was 12, so I, don't, I didn't even know what it was to have no core. Mm. But it was, I mean, on one side it was great because uh, I, finally I knew what a beginning climber feels mm. like. You know, when yeah. you're like, keep your feet on and you don't understand what it is. Yeah, and you lose that connection almost. Exactly. Mm. So physically the, the muscles were not there anymore. But also I realized once I started training again, I had lost um, the mental chain. Mm. You know, when you say... I'm going to put my foot there and then put the body tension. You have this mental um, chain of all the muscles you're going to recruit. And I had lost that. Mm. So what I just had to do was to really try to visualize what muscles I was recruiting. Mm -hmm. So try and really imagine the movement. And then I could suddenly, from not being able to do that foot movement, then do it again. Mm. I'm talking like a 6B movement. We're mm. talking really yeah, but it's stuff. rebuilding those like yeah. neural pathways, isn't it? it? Yeah. So mm. you're you're really working on a new body. This mm. is what's quite difficult because it's a 
it's in nine months your body completely changes and i think it really rarely happens in a in an athlete's life Mm. in anybody's life actually so how long was it before you from arthur being born to when you first climbed again so i i first climbed again when he was one one month and a half okay yeah so six weeks that's kind of quite often when women get the green light to exercise yeah Yeah. Uh, and sometimes it will take more than six weeks to get the green light depending on the birth Mm -hmm. if you had a c-section it's more than that Mm -hmm. um and i just did some outdoor 5b slabs so Mm -hmm. really easy and then i i kind of built myself a tiny program but Mm -hmm. i had obviously really heavy sleep deprivation Mm -hmm. and even if James, I have no idea what we were doing. It was both James and I focused on baby for like three months and mm. we were both exhausted. Mm. So it's, I can't start to imagine what it is to be a mom if your husband has to go back to, husband, boyfriend, whatever, has to go back to work straight away. It's terrible for him, it's terrible for you. Yeah. So if you can take some holidays, take some holidays there. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I started climbing and I started uh, with a, tiny training program it was only like half a kilo weights mm-hmm. in my hands and uh, trying to do several movements uh, like li- lifting weights in l- different directions uh, to very slowly build my body tension again and uh, climb on slabs but just doing five minute traverses and yeah and that was it and that was the very best I could do anyway, because Arthur wouldn't give me more than five minutes. Mm. And I, was that directed, you know, the exercises you were doing, were they specific kind of postpartum recovery exercises no, 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 from was, somebody else? Or you just made up some stuff? I definitely checked with the midwife and she explained me how to pay attention to the position of the pelvis. Because mm-hmm. that's, first of all, you need to, and this is super specific, but um, you need to make sure uh, you rotate your hips and to mm. protect your pelvis and then you can start any exercises but to be honest you should always be doing that anyway mm. uh, pregnant not pregnant women men it's mm. just um, as a back protection this is quite good anyway um, and then I started training very slowly when I'm, I'm saying very slowly but clearly I went too fast because when Arthur was six months I I thought I was more or less back there and I started working on an 8B plus route. I chose something that was really steep, like it was actually a roof, Mm. kind of the worst. (laughs) And I thought the best, obviously, because I would have to try really hard. But obviously, I had to work on the route a lot Mm. and I was repeating hard moves for me with not enough body tension and uh, I injured a bicep. Okay. So I had an injury and it lasted for a full year. Wow, okay. And I was still climbing, but uh, obviously I couldn't do any pull-ups, so that wasn't great. And you think that was really tied into your core not functioning well enough, and so you're overcompensating? Just asking myself too much too fast. Too much, yeah. Yeah. You're mm. not sleeping well, you're, uh, your core can't compensate, uh, and uh, yeah, and you go too far too soon. Mm. So it's very difficult because you want, you, you have to push yourself because... Or at least, like I, I told you, I had this t- temptation to just not get back, not mm. train, not get back and focus on baby. And this other side of myself, trying to push myself to come back. And mm. I just didn't find the right balance. And that's very, very difficult, actually. And probably quite common, I think, you know, yeah. like a lot of women, whether it's climbing or whether, you know, other career focus, I can see how like you could lose that identity could get quite blurred. And, yeah, you could be drawn in different directions with it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for the moment, 
Yeah, from the moment you become a mom or dad, actually, you have uh, two directions of brains. And this is where I never really realized what people were saying. You know, you have your family and your work. Because for me, everything was hand in hand mm -hmm. anyway. And there was no antagonism. And uh, once you've got a kid, you realize every every hour you take at work is is our, an hour you haven't taken for your kid. Mm -hmm. and unless you manage to find a way to sort of marry that. And uh, I think we found, James and I, we found a way. We bring Arthur everywhere. Mm -hmm. He's outside uh, biking right now with yeah. James when I'm answering. Um, but, but yeah, yeah you, are, you are definitely, this is the beginning of being torn between two sides. And it mm -hmm. will not stop. But I think it's, I mean, it's called being an adult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And do you think that you've kind of redefined your relationship with climbing a little bit since having Arthur? Like it's it's back and it's there and you're carry the climber and you're carry the mum, but you're the carry the climbers maybe just like changed a bit? This definitely yes. One hundred percent yes. I um I've I've said that in the beginning, my third mm. life as a climber. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um because I think quickly I realized I needed to find a space. Like I'm telling you, you mm. it would be great if you can find this mental space for yourself just because I think at some point maybe some moms are really happy with that being just a mom mm -hmm. um, but I soon realized I needed this identity I needed to be again Carol the Climber which was my, my mental space mm -hmm. um, but I didn't have endless amount of times and I, I'm, I'm sure you must have been there as well sometimes you're just a, cl a climber you're training and you have all the time in the world to train and sometimes you turn up at the gym and you're not motivated mm. and uh, you go to the crag and you just think yeah the rock's a bit shit it's a bit wet um so you still climb but you're not you're just in being a bit you know uh, a bit like a luster. yeah yeah and once you become a parent every minute and i'm saying literally every minute where you get to climb is is a bonus it's mm. it's positive it's time for yourself and so since I've become a mom, I've really totally rediscovered my love for climbing. Mm. So I am much more keen on climbing than I was just before. And I'm not saying I wasn't. It's just that I'm even more. Mm. And so that's super positive, I think, in terms of... Um, I, think, I guess I just found more balance in my life. Mm. Uh, and it's exactly the same for James. Yeah, because okay. he's, he's having to fight the same fight than me because he's, he's just um, taking care of Arthur a lot. And then... Sometimes uh, Arthur's having a snooze and we've got 45 minutes. He can project, or I, he, I can project, I can go in my route. It's like you put your laces, your, you put your shoes on as fast as possible and it's, it's time for you. And mm. this is great. And so we've been able to go on absolutely terrible rock. Mm. Get a, <laughs> a wonderful time. <laughs> and have an amazing time. And I know exactly, Carol, the not mom, mm. she would have not even put her climbing shoes on. Mm, yeah yeah it's really different then isn't it I guess you just appreciate it more yeah 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 totally so this is I think this is just really really positive and I think this happens to most parents mm, I've definitely had friends say that they've I've had one friend say he did his hardest climbs after having a child because he was suddenly really focused and he would get up at like 5 a.m. to train. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, when he went to the crag, he was never like, like you say, lackluster or unsighted. No slacking. conditions aren't good. It was like, don't even have time to think about that. And he climbed some of his most satisfying things and, and had a really positive. But this is this is definitely what's happened to, uh, to, to us. I think James done... 
He's done his hardest boulder grade. He's done his hardest trad grade, and he's done his harder, hardest uh, uh, sport grade mm. uh, this year with, cool. with a one and a half year old. And I've gone back to my my best level, mm. and I well, it's gonna sound cheat for you, but I done my first eight boulder, which I had never done. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just yeah better. Weir- cool. Weirdly, but it's taken it's taken two years for mm. sure. It's taken a long time. Yeah, because I think. Like going back to that postpartum, initial postpartum period, I think we often hear about that green light at six weeks and people think, oh, cool, you'll be climbing again at six weeks. But it's that's like when you first start to take baby steps, I guess, yeah, towards yeah, yeah. Back, back to it. And and you also hear this. I've heard people say nine months in, nine months out. It takes nine months to make a baby and then nine months before you're... At the very least, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And most people that have had children that hear that, they go, at least nine months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nine months is if everything's perfect, you've got four grandparents and they can take you off and yeah. you a lot. <laughs> oh dear, I've not got that. <laughs> yeah, most people don't. No, no, it's, I think you have to be patient. It's, it's really this balance. You have to be motivated, but give yourself time. But I think, mm. again, parenting teaches you to be patient. Because yeah. you have no choice. So, and also in that, and when we're talking about those timescales, we are talking about physical performance, recovery. Not necessarily you're not going to enjoy climbing for two years or or nine months. No, or no, no, long. no, no, definitely not. You can not. get that, like you said, that relative feeling, like ah, oh, I'm on the rock. Maybe, oh, yeah, maybe my sure. core isn't working as well as it could, but you know, you really enjoyed in, enjoying the problem solving or the kind of yeah. And you you get this because it's this new body. It's like round two, you know, mm. like your first six A post baby, your first six B post baby, and mm. uh, so yeah, it is every first every victory after baby. I mean, I, you do feel different. So yeah, I think it will be. I mean, I'm really hoping it will be as as fun for you. <laughs> yeah I'll let you know <laughs> in six months or something so six a. <laughs> yeah exactly right yeah and you and James have also traveled quite a lot with Arthur how has that been like just from a logistical perspective you've done some fairly adventurous trips and yeah we've been um, we've been uh, actually the most adventurous thing we've done is we've gone to Ethiopia in February um, uh, it was a full-on well expedition and mm-hmm. uh, we Logistically, it was the so obviously it sounds easy. You can boulder with a baby. That's not mm-hmm. easy actually. Even mm-hmm. that is actually really, or at least our baby is <laughs> <so> easy. <laughs> our a lot of people say um, until they walk, it's fine. Mm. It wasn't fine because you us. can put them down and they stay put. It didn't work for us. <laughs> <laughs> our baby didn't stay put. It wouldn't. It's a baby, I don't know. I think it's because I had such an active pregnancy. He was used to movement, mm. so you couldn't put him down. Mm. So it was always me or James had to move him day and night. Okay, or hold him. Or, yeah. yeah. No, holding him sat didn't work. You okay. had to hold him and walk. Oh, wow, okay. So <laughs> I wanted an active baby, and uh, we really want. We didn't want him to be like... We just wanted a baby who jumps everywhere. We didn't realize that... He wouldn't sleep like that. Mm. <laughs> I'm not saying all children are not like that, but you could very well have a baby like that. Mm. But um, it will get better at some point. And and I definitely remember the, the first months just thinking I will never get back. How can I get back to having a normal life if I can't have five minutes for a shower? Mm. So what I was when I told you about weightlifting, this is weightlifting with a baby on me mm. while walking in in the house <laughs> because I couldn't I couldn't put it down. <laughs> so it really it sounds 
I think it sounds like I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. It mm. really was like that for the first month. Um, but yeah. Yeah. That, that's why I told you it's, it's really difficult. So bouldering can still be quite hard. So then what was Ethiopia like? So yeah, bouldering was really difficult because we couldn't spot each other. Yeah, of course. But yeah. the good side is we learned, I, yeah, I find I find my courage finally. Mm. I learned to uh, place my pads well and uh, and figure out how to not fall in wrong positions. And sure. I actually, I think... I have become bolder than I was before having a baby. Okay. Because it was the only way for me to be a climber. Sure. So we've learned then, we've managed to find a way to root climb. And that involves a lot of solo belaying. Okay, uh, like shunting. Yeah. So okay. there's been a lot of watching Pete Whittaker's videos <laughs> figuring out the best way. Uh, shunting or uh, we use the Revo a lot okay. from Wild Country. We attach the Revo around a, a tree. Okay. And uh, maybe the, the other parent is uh, playing with the kid and just pulling the rope, but like from maybe 10 meters further. Oh, wow. Okay. And that, that works on top rope. We've even done it on lead on warm-ups. On warm yeah. Wow. I'm not saying it. This is not textbook, but it, it's worked for us. <laughs> you will not find this in a textbook. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I mean, the, you just have to make compromises. Mm. So what we do is we solo belay for all the warm-up routes mm -hmm. and then... We the one moment for working a route is when baby's sleeping, having mm -hmm. a nap, and then uh, we try short routes so that uh, the the attempt is five minutes and the baby is playing in the foot and and it's fine. Yeah, and it's it's going better and better now. He's two years old and it's easier and easier. Mm. Um, obviously, you can't do multi pitch. Sure, with a baby, yeah. that doesn't work. So yeah. we went to Ethiopia and it was multi pitch trot climbing. And okay. that was never going to work just with us doing it. Sure, yeah. I'm so, like trying to <laughs> no, wonder yeah. what you're going to say next. <laughs> so this is the best thing because we couldn't go with just Arthur. We brought um, parents. Oh, okay, great. So yeah. Jem's mom, who uh, she never, she's never left Europe before, and my dad, who actually traveled. Uh, so Jem, Jem's dad was, he, he was working, he couldn't come. Um, my dad, uh, he's retired, so he could come and he, he's traveled a lot in Africa when he was younger, but mm -hmm. in very different situations. So mm -hmm. we had a chance to bring them into our life. Mm -hmm. And uh, without Arthur, we would have never had this excuse. So we literally threw them in, uh, a in the middle of nowhere in Ethiopia. Bye bye, we're going climbing <laughs> for like sometimes a full day. But I think it wasn't easy for them. It was a really, really good experience. Mm. And uh, it was great for us as well because we knew our baby was getting to play with local kids, mm. uh, little Ethiopian kids. He was like thrown into a really different culture. And I think, of course, he would not remember anything, but I think this is really good for him to be mm. open-minded. And, uh, and so, yeah, we did tried climb on some really bad rock. <laughs> we climbed some unclimbed towers. Yeah. It was great. And um, so, yeah, this February was the first time I was placing tread gear again mm -hmm. after baby. And uh, this is definitely the most, the boldest routes I've done in terms of like mm -hmm. really bad rock. Mm. Why? I don't know. I mean, some people are thinking you shouldn't take risk once you're a mom. And I kind of... I sort of disagree. I've gone a long way. Huh? I don't mm. come from this background. I'm not, I didn't grow up in the Pink District, not quite. Mm. Um, but I've come to realize if you accept to take more risk, you'll get a better quality of life. It's, it's, a tr it's tricky, but I mean, 
You can go a long way the other direction, stop taking your car, stop traveling, so sure. stop like eat only things that you know about and basically you remove all the unknown elements from your life, but you mm. also remove all fun elements from your life. Sure, it's a balance, I guess, isn't exactly. it? Exactly, and I think when you become a parent, you realize you will not be able to shelter your kid from everything. Mm. There's no way, uh, unless you make a bubble kid who's got a miserable life. You mm. want your kid to climb in trees, for example. Yeah, of And course. if he climbs in a tree, he might fall and break his leg, or, or worse, it's mm. always possible. Uh, and so you have to become an example for your kid that risk-taking is part of life. So, mm. weirdly, I have... I think I've become, I'm not saying I'm very bold, but I've become bolder since becoming a mom. Yeah. I guess also as climbers, we take calculated risks because, you know, yeah. you're an experienced climber. You know the difference between a kind of uh, reckless risk and a calculated risk. So although the consequences may be high, if things did go wrong, they're actually unlikely to go wrong because you mitigate a lot of those factors by using equipment and checking things and you know what loose rock might feel like you tap it first you know all that kind of stuff so yes you're up there climbing but your wealth of experience helps to actually lower that risk quite a lot and I think outsiders to climbing don't see that yeah this is a very I think this is a very complex matter it's really about risk management like mm -hmm. you're saying and but I think life is about risk management mm -hmm. if you want to have fun you can't go swim with crocodiles mm -hmm. this is not risk management so, uh, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, this is my choice as a, of parenthood and James, I mean, James' choice of parenthood because this is, I think James' vision of life is like that. Mm -hmm. So right now, Arthur is two years old and he's doing all sorts of things that are really not supposed to be okay for children. Mm -hmm. But I knew, and I guess Dave is going to be just the same. <laughs> 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 I know there's no way I cannot harness that in James because that's his personality. Mm. And uh, and I think this is totally fine. It's really not well uh, look. I don't know how to say that in English. People don't like that in modern society. Sure. Yeah, you're not it's like supposed to. Upon. Yeah, you're not supposed to let your baby walk on a wall, for example. Mm. Especially if the wall is three meters high. Mm. But James would do that. And I can really see the results already in terms of risk management. Arthur is getting there. Mm. Um, I'm not saying he's, he's not in control of all risks, but he doesn't jump into, the, into mm. nowhere. He, he's, he's learning already. And I think this is my take on what, how we should handle life. Mm. Yeah, I guess it's a balance between building a kind of confident child and also you know, as a parent, our, our one responsibility is to keep them alive, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like oh, finding somewhere in the middle. Or <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. And just one other thing, actually, about the physical recovery. Um, I know not all women choose to breastfeed, and I don't actually know whether you did or not, did, or were able yeah. to. Because um, obviously, for some women, it's also not a choice. They, they can't for whatever reason. Um, but that can also affect your energy levels. And your, does it keep your joint laxity going for a little bit longer? Am I right in saying that? Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's about, uh, what's the name of that hormone? Relaxing. Relaxing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you have to be even more careful if you're breastfeeding when you, when you, yeah, when you train again. I, I, no, I did feel the difference um, mm. because I was m much more flexible um, after birth. 
let's look at, I mean, there are good sides, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I decided I'm going to try and keep that. Um, so I kept on training on my flexibility. I'm not saying I'm very flexible now, but it's better than before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the downside, it means that you can strain your uh, ligaments way more easily. And I actually, <laughs> I was belaying um, a, a girlfriend who just, uh, she had a, the, that day she had a nine months old and she mm. was still breastfeeding. And in front of Maya, she just, she was just doing an, a heel hook and uh, she completely tore her knee ligament doing nothing. Oof. And that was, I think this is totally, it's relaxing. Mm. So I think this is really one one thing to be super careful about, but at the same time, you don't really know and you are training on a body that feels bad. Mm. There's no way around that. If you wait until you're feeling great, I don't think you'll ever feel great again mm. because you need to train on that exhausted body. So um, it's, tr- it's really tricky. I think, I think it's okay to think that you will not find a perfect balance and mm. you will do small injuries or you might go a bit too slowly and because it's a you're you're a, yeah you're a newbie in that thing and mm-hmm. there is really zero information into how to train um after baby mm-hmm. it's just it's not a thing i think this is totally a subject that is under under talked mm-hmm. and I, I don't know why because well half of the population goes for having yeah, babies sure. so yeah so i think i think we need to talk about this more. We need to give more information to people. And and we need to stop saying, be a mom first of all, because I think that's another thing. A lot of moms feel too guilty to go back to training because mm. they're, they're, they're being told they shouldn't be doing that. They should focus on their baby. Mm. And it's okay to still be your own self and have your own identity in life exactly. and wants and needs. And I think, I think it's better. I mean, I'm not saying it's needed. A lot of mm. moms are feeling great with no with some years of no self identities but i for me that was better like that mm, sure and before we started filming and and recording this chat you were telling me some good hacks you were like i've got some good hacks for yeah. parenthood so what would be like your top I don't know, three hacks for and it doesn't necessarily need to you know any time in the last 2 years yeah okay um so like yeah my number one and i'm not saying it works for every baby i think it works for a lot of baby is the baby carrier mm-hmm. um so that was a present from uh from james uh best friend uh before baby and it was actually uh it is quite expensive so a lot of people don't really want to do that re- you need a really good baby carrier because uh that will allow you to um to carry a very uh, an infant because mm. a lot of baby carrier they don't allow you to have um, babies under three months old. Okay, and that's, right. I mean, four months is a very long time if your mm. cr- baby's crying. So it's good because it allows you to uh, get back to fitness because you go on walks. You can move, yeah. And uh, and it, so in some situation, it can really help baby cry less, simply mm. be happier because it's against your body and yeah. and his dad's body because it's mm. mom and dad can do that. Uh, so that's trick number one. And I think to me, this is absolutely essential. Trick number two is a, a baby tent. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to go climbing, if you're any climber, you go outdoor for a full day and any baby needs a, a two-hour nap uh, at some point. Arthur needs still two naps a day. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and here he is. <laughs> so... Um, 
uh, any baby needs two naps a day, it means uh, either your climbing sessions are extremely short and frustrating or your baby can nap where he is. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> baby. This is real life. <laughs> I guess there's an emergency. I don't know what it is. <laughs> so... Um, We had, it's not easy, huh? it's really not, babies, you don't press a button and they go to sleep, actually, mm -hmm. that's, that's another one, but um, this is not climbing specific, but we had to actually train our baby to fall asleep, because he didn't understand how to do that. Okay. It looks, yeah. everybody thinks the baby should know how to sleep, but it's not true. Anyway, mm. you might need to call me one day, if you do. <laughs> Get a call out of I have, I have a whole baby <laughs> sleeping program. Nice. It's real, it's a real thing. Anyway, um, the, The way we did was to buy the baby tent very early on and as soon as he learned to snooze out of our arms, uh, instead of putting him in his cot, we put him in his baby tent. Actually, we started with putting the baby tent in his cot. Okay, nice. Yeah. yeah. And then the second step, always baby step after baby step, uh, was to put the cot in a lighter place. Mm -hmm. So he would learn to sleep in a light place. And then the first step was to put a music background So mm -hmm. then suddenly you can reproduce that environment at the crag. Okay, yeah. So baby tent, bright, and some music. And, uh, and he's two years old and he sleeps in that now. That's amazing. Very creative. <laughs> uh, I think, but yeah, it's, uh, it's called uh, climber survival. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the best moment when the baby is sleeping, you can actually really, really climb. So Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to find a third trick. Uh... I mean, those two were pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> the Revo, I mean, this is, yeah. at that point, it's going to be an advert for a brand, but uh, you need a belay device that allows you to sell belay mm -hmm. and you need to develop a technique. A lot of people will not be confident with that, but at least on top rope, you need a, or you need to be at least able to have somebody belay with a baby in hand mm. on top rope. And that's, you need a really good belay device for that, something that you can really trust. Yeah. Okay, perfect. That's great. I mean, we've covered loads. So thank <laughs> you so much for this conversation. It's been really interesting for me, obviously, being pregnant. <laughs> kind of forgotten a few points that we've been recording. Yeah, no, <laughs> but I'm sure there. you will. Yeah. I'm <laughs> sure if, if you need any extra tricks, I, I don't have all the answers, but... It is a really hard time ahead of you. <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> to say that. But ultimately, this is the best thing that's happened in my life. Yeah. And I've got a good husband, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> still, baby is the best thing that's happened. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Oh, well, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. And um, for people listening, it's worth checking out. Kara's done some writing as well about um, pregnancy. And James has done some writing. And as James well. has done some writing as well. It was hard for him too. Yeah. Of course. So um, worth checking that out. And um, if you have time, uh, it would be great if you could review the podcast, if you have enjoyed this episode uh, or any of the other ones that you've listened to. Mm -hmm.